that's the scary thing. That's the that's the quantum apocalypse. <laughs> you know, yeah. Everything we think of as safe right now, in maybe ten years or so, <laughs> it won't be. I didn't know that we were going super deep into quantum physics. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting that direction. But well, um, that was. Uh, you know, that's interesting, nonetheless. You, you know, that was my background before I got into computers, right? I know, I know. That's why I kind of let you talk because it's definitely not my background. I mean, I know quantum compute. I know quantum physics because I read like a Neil deGrasse Tyson book a year ago. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. I mean, like, hundred sounds for you. I'm not a hundred percent smart on the math front. I don't. I'm not. I, I'm not there a hundred percent. But what I do understand is that if you take the current algorithms that we're current we're using now, those can be easily broken. So we have to come up with something that is exponentially harder to crack. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyber Guys podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everybody. My name is Andrew Valencia, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Hill and our Quantum computers going to bring about the cryptopocalypse? We're going to talk about that today. But first, take a second to hit that subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. That way, you'll never miss out on any of the new content that we're publishing every single week. If you're listening to us on any of the major podcasting platforms, make sure you come visit us on our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com forward slash at cyberguyspod, all one word. We post videos regularly including weekly tech talks that Mike puts out every single Friday. Make sure you drop us a like, share us with a friend. And now let's talk about quantum computing and the coming cryptopocalypse. Yeah, you know, really, before we even get into that, we kind of need to just back up, you know, because crypto, crypto uh, is based on numbers and our numbers are based on binary. But when we get into quantums and qubits, we're talking about a whole nother paradigm. So first, let's just talk about, okay, what, what, what's quantum mechanics all about? And the short answer is it's, it's a field of physics uh, that tries to look at the fundamental elements of the universe, subatomic particles, atoms, the behavior of uh, energy, energy uh, transformations uh, in a term that can be measured and, and understood. In fact, that's really what the word quantum has reference to. I mean, it comes from the word quanta, which means how much. In other words, when we boil down an element of energy into uh, the most finite quantifiable measure, that's a quantum or a quanta. Like a photon is uh, a quanta for light. Now, when we start analyzing and looking at energy and energy transformations and conversions in this way, what we come to and what we understand is there are certain principles that kind of behave differently than classical physics would have us believe. So we see the subatomic world as, as distinct from the material world that, that, that we all exist in. Uh, so ultimately, quantum mechanics is a field of study of how that world works. And, and it's, it's one of those cool terms. You know, I know back when I was a young physics student, I wanted to be a, a, a specialist in quantum mechanics just because it sounded cool. <laughs> and it is cool. Here, here's some of the core principles that, that, that get into how we examine quantum mechanics. And then we'll get to how that fits into uh, quantum computing. First, we have this principle of wave particle duality. When we look at quantum 
when we look at uh, quanta, we don't see behavior that's exactly like a wave, but sometimes that's the best way to measure the behavior. For instance, we, we, we measure electromagnetic radiation in, in terms of wavelengths. Uh, so we think of it along uh, the, the, the wave theory. At other times, we think of it in terms of like little packets of energy that behave almost like particles. Even though they have no mass, they have characteristics that can be quantified and analyzed and studied as if they were particles. The thing is, with modern quantum mechanics, we realize that neither one of these states is actually accurate. Uh, so that's what we call the, uh, the wave-particle duality. Another concept in quantum mechanics is the idea of superposition. And this is one of the ones that makes quantum computing so fan, uh, fantastic. Basically, with, with superposition, what we basically mean is this. A quanta could seemingly appear to have different positions in the same time. One way that some uh, like to describe it is kind of like identifying the location of intersecting ripples on the surface of a pond. You know, it, it's almost as if it's having two different behaviors simultaneously. And that characteristics of, of, of quantum... Uh, leads kind of to another principle, what we call the uncertainty principle. Now, this is one of those principles uh, that was established by a scientist named Heisenberg. And uh, if you ever watch Star Trek, you may have heard them talk about the Heisenberg compensators. <laughs> well, what that's really about is the fact that we can never identify both the speed and location of quanta at the same time. If we can if we can measure the speed, we can't measure the location. We can identify the location, we can't identify the speed. So you can never actually ever know exactly where any packet of energy is at any given time. Which is why, even though it's fun to watch the transporter beams beam you up and beam you down, technically that's uh, based on our current understanding of quantum mechanics, impossible. But nevertheless, that's one of our principles. Another one is quantum entanglement. Th th this is one that uh, uh, the movie Quantum Mania liked to play to play around with. Actually, I think it was the second Ant-Man movie that played around with this concept. And this is the qu concept that uh, two quanta can actually be entangled and their part be part of the same system, having an effect on each other, irrespective of the proximity to each other. So the idea that you could literally have two entangled uh, quanta separated by light years, and yet because they're part of the same system existing in some other state of reality that we really can't fully understand yet, uh, they can affect one another. It's the combination of entanglement and superposition that gives us the ability to do some really, really fantastical things in quantum computing. Instead of using base two numbers, uh, which are fixed, finite, what they are is what they are. Instead of using what we call bits, we use quantum bits or qubits. And because of the superposition uh, principle, they can hold different values and be used to define complex states beyond just the simple on and off state that we get with binary. Wait a second. Wait a second, Mike. Wait. Let's not skip. Let's not jump. Let's not just breeze over that real quick. Okay. So, currently today, right? Computers think in ones and zeros. We talk about we we use the terminology of binary, right? right. We have exactly. ones and zeros, which is right? the foundation of all um, Boolean logic. Is it true or is it the false? The foundation of all Boolean logic. Yeah, absolutely right. So we have zero, 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 one, one, zero, and one, one, right? And all the combinations thereof. But what you're saying is with qubits, we have they're they're all of that and the same at the same time. They is can be all of that at the same is? time and many more. So, so the idea of, of, of dealing with simple number systems as a way of, of encoding a qubit, it's, it's, it, no, it's, 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 it's potentially infinitely more complex than that. At the very least, e even to the extent that we've theorized and used it, um, even if you can hold multiple states within the same uh, qubit, uh, the idea that you use that 
for a basis in logic or, or, or a way of defining um, something that would be encoded as a value, you, you, you create exponentially more values at the same time. So, yes. Because a qubit can be... Because a cube can be one and zero at the exact same time. Correct. Right. That's that. that that's the idea of, of superposition. But ultimately, because of that variability, you can create uh, forms of state, or you can create ways of representing state that is beyond what you could represent in a similar uh, bit space. So, so ultimately, we're taking the way we do the math behind the logic in computing and we're ratcheting it up, you know, to, to exponential levels. I mean, it's, it's kind of like what we did with um, uh, uh, dense wave division multiplexing, you know, um, in extremely high, high speed optical networks, uh, fiber optic networks. Um, we transmit binary data uh, with you know, pulses of a laser, right? Uh, but here's the thing. With lasers, we're transmitting light. With light, we have different wavelengths, which means theoretically you can transmit different signals on different wavelengths simultaneously. So even if the actual basic throughput of a given uh, transmission media, you know, fiber optic cable, let's say you're maxed out at, uh, let's say a gigabit. If you're running on a hundred different channels at the same time, <laughs> you're multiplying that speed for each channel that you have to transmit at the same time. So, you know, you're, you're getting a hundred times the throughput, the maximum throughput of the medium. That creates an opportunity for, you know, exponentially more information to be transmitted at the exact same time. It's kind of like that, even though that's, that's more linear than uh, the relationship between bits and qubits. But it's kind of in a way, a way of just kind of getting our heads around uh, what we're doing in terms of jumping up within the same signal, within the same system, exponentially larger values, therefore uh, substantially uh, greater amounts of information. Now, here's the area where it gets really interesting when we throw in the principle of entanglement. See, now we could have qubits that are part of the same system perhaps encoded into some sort of cryptographic system. Then we can actually build with crypto, uh, I'm sorry, uh, quantum cryptography systems where you, you don't have to actually even have a key exchange. You simply only have to entangle the keys on the counterpart systems, you know, and wherever they are in the world, you know, your key can open and close your uh, crypto encrypted mechanism, you know, which creates a very, very strong basis of authentication without having to worry about ever compromising key exchanges or the sort of things we do now. So all that is just kind of some of the goofy fun stuff about uh, uh, quantum computing. There's a lot more, but th those are some of the fundamentals. But here's the thing. With Moore's Law, right, you know, every so often computing power doubles. You know, uh, one of the reasons why we keep making longer passwords and we keep, you know, um, worrying about uh, cryptanalysis uh, being more powerful as the computers get more powerful and therefore needing stronger crypto. I mean, some of the older crypto systems, for instance, there's nothing really wrong with the design of some of those old crypto systems. It just so happens, though, that our computers have gotten so powerful that what would have been a work factor that no one could 
reasonably reach to break a code. Now, with the computers being so much more powerful, uh, the work factor is a lot less than what it used to be, and therefore, we have to obsolesce those older crypto systems. Well, with the quantum leap, ha ha, <laughs> quantum leap forward <laughs> in uh, quantum computing, the mathematical systems in which all these things are, are um, based, you know, becomes elementary arithmetic. You know, you know, something that seemed like it was going to be unbreakable. Uh, now, with the multiple states that we can ma maintain with a qubit-based uh, system uh, can be completely broken. It's 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 all obsolete like that. That's well, why. Like right now, right? Uh huh. Well, because right now, right with binary computers, like my 16-character password that has special characters, upper lowercase letters, takes something like 80 million years to break. But with quantum computing, that can be broken like this. That's the idea dramatically more powerful computers. And that's why uh, some people out there are concerned about uh, the crypto apocalypse, which brings us back really to the topic of the day. What is this crypto apocalypse? <laughs> it's the idea that all of our systems that we're using to make us feel safe are suddenly going to be obsolete. I mean, here, here's a way to think of it. Well, and imagine, it's, but it's not even that they're being, but it's not even that they're obsolete. People, people, hacking groups are planning for their obsolescence, right? There's a lot of awareness of quantum computing and what, what's going to happen in the next decade to two decades. And that's why you have hacking groups that are conducting what do they call store now or harvest now and decrypt later campaigns. Yeah where they're just sucking in a ton of information and they don't need to worry about decrypting any of it because they know they're going to have access to something that at the quantum level to, to, to break all of the encryption within the next decade. That's the quantum apocalypse. <laughs> you know, yeah. Everything we think of as safe right now in maybe 10 years or so, <laughs> it won't be. It won't be, buddy. You know, uh, Look at this article. Uh, I, I guess we'll put it up for, for everyone to see. But it, it, talking about the crypto apocalypse, it, it appeared in Security Weeks. Uh, look at uh, look at what it said. It says the waiting time for general purpose quantum computing is still probably decades away. The arrival of uh, crypto analytically relevant quantum computers uh, or crocs that will herald the crypto uh, cryptopocalypse, excuse me, will be much sooner, possibly less than a decade. So just like you said, uh, just a decade away. At that point, our existing PKI protected data will become accessible as plain text to anybody. And the harvest now decrypt later process will be complete. Yeah, well, so I think that's important. That's an important point. This we're not just throwing up. This isn't just a scare tactic or catastrophizing unnecessarily, right? You know, we have means of encrypting right now that you know, specifically asymmetric cryptography, where yes, your public key that's out there that's supposed to be used to encrypt data can be completely de-encrypted extremely quickly within the next decade. 
how many applications, how many uh, websites do we currently use that use that same type of crypt cryptography that in 10 to 20 years is going to be completely broken? That's that's the scary part. So we have to completely reevaluate how we encrypt our data. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's why we're hoping uh, that some viable, you know, potentially commercially viable uh, quantum cryptography uh, will be on the table before, you know, quantum cryptanalysis <laughs> gets ahead of the game. Right. You know, right. part of the question is, you know, the stuff that they're harvesting, it's certainly sensitive now. Will it still be sensitive by the time it can be breached? If that's the case, uh, then it's really going to cause people a little bit mm -hmm. of pause and chagrin over the information that they convey in transit across um, conventional communication pathways. It, it's definitely causing a lot of heartburn. Uh, this is what it says uh, going on. It's important to note that all PKI encrypted data that has already been harvested by adversaries is already lost. We can do nothing mm -hmm. about the past. We can only attempt to protect the future. And that's uh, kind of like what you're saying. You know, everything travels mm -hmm. across the same internet and anyone can sniff anything on the internet. The only protection is the strength of the crypto and whatever was collected in transit. But if you've communicated across the internet and it's been harvested and someone has stored it, even though it's encrypted, it's stored on a, on a, on a box that they're going to hold on to for who knows how long mm -hmm. with the hope of one day applying a, a quantum computer against it to figure out what it is. Anything like that is lost. That's why NIST, you know, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, right? They, they even put out a competition for people to come up with uh, encryption techniques post quantum computing, right? How to actually encrypt data against the abilities of quantum computing. And there's a few different ways uh, to do that. But one of the ones that they had, I think back in February, um, I'll have to, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find the article, but back in February, it was broken. It was actually broken already. Um, what they, I think it was called Crystal's Kyber, um, was already broken before, you know. Before even getting quantum. Uh, the full extent of quantum computing has even been realized. You know, I mean, we have quantum computers today, um, but they're nowhere near the magnitudes that we're going to see in the next 10 to 20 years. And, uh, and really, and really, the, and the, the, the quantum computers that exist now are, are, are prototypical. They're, they're, they're just playing around with one aspect of the potential. Uh, like, for instance, you know, some will just work on the concept of super superposition and how mm -hmm. that can actually be applied in practical um, computing and and, uh, you know, uh, computer science, uh, you know, ways of establishing um, programmatic behavior, or artificial intelligence, that, that sort of thing. In other words, in other words, how do we actually program with qubits? You know, I mean. Mm -hmm we have to actually come up with a set of principles on that. Right now with quantum computing, there, there, there is no standardization. There is no printable. It's just conceptual. Okay, if we have um, the concept of superposition, if we, if we have the concept of um, entanglement, how do we turn that into practical applications that we can then apply to the way we store and process information? Uh, that's all amorphous and, and, and undefined yet. So although these systems exist, they're nothing compared to what they will be, 
you know, in, in the mm-hmm. coming decades. I, and, and I don't want to, not to hype on the coming crypto, crypt, not to hype on the crypto apocalypse that is going to be coming, the crypto apocalypse, but there's an entirely new field that's out there, newer field anyways, um, that exacerbates a lot of the concerns that we have regarding quantum computing, and that's AI, right? AI functionality with a quantum computing uh, background is is kind of scary, right? Because uh, even even the NIST, you know, recommended uh, encryption technique that they that that they put out there was broken by AI. Um, I'll put the link up to to to, to the uh, uh, to the article when I when I get it. I'll put it up there on the screen right now. Boom. There it is. But yeah, it was like an AI deep learning side channel attack that broke it. So that's even before we get into the quantum computing being utilized as a resource to break some of these encryptions. That's 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 something else that entirely. I think we could do a whole other episode uh, on on AI assisted quantum computing. Whoa. Yeah. That's a whole different I mean, story. You know, AI is a threat on its own uh, because the bottom line is Programming is, is, a, is a methodical behavior. Designing software is a mm-hmm. methodical behavior. The math that we use to develop keys for encryption and decryption, it's all mathematic. And ultimately, sad to say it, a well-designed AI system does math better than humans. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, As I've said before, AI doesn't, does not match the human brain in terms of inductive reasoning. But AI can dramatically outperform the most brilliant person in deductive reasoning. So to mm-hmm. the extent that you're, you're looking at it as a tool to deduce what something is when it's actually already there, the potential with AI is beyond you know, imagination. And then you take the processing computer, processing power of quantum computing, which then is exponentially beyond anything we can do with binary systems, even our most sophisticated high speed multiprocessor, you know, uh, super sophisticated supercomputers. It's still nothing <laughs> compared to what we can do yeah. with quantum computers. So you took uh, AI that's designed to deduce at astronomical speeds with, with efficiency, brutal efficiency. And then you combine that with the processing power of quantum computing. And yeah, any seemingly unbreakable code today is like, you know, reading Dr. Seuss. No, it's easier than that. It's like reading, <laughs> you know, uh, what, what, what did I read my kid when they were a little, you know, I mean, I, I think of it, the, the simplest, you know. I mean, Dr. Seuss is pretty yeah, simple. Yeah, I guess Dr. Pretty, Seuss, one fish, two fish, yeah. red fish, blue fish, whatever. The point is, it's like yeah. reading the most <laughs> basic children's book yeah you know that's what we're talking about here once we have uh well-designed ai running on top of quantum computers so okay so we shot up the red flare we we've we've we it's 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 we know the coming cryptopocalypse is coming so what is being done right now to safeguard uh our future with regards to encryption well the answer is even stronger crypto systems because in the end math is still math numbers are still numbers 
We just have to get much, 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 much bigger numbers. I mean, some would say that AES-256 is quantum safe. And maybe. <laughs> we may have to actually get up to uh, uh, even bigger key sizes than that before we can uh, be mm-hmm. more confident in saying that. But in the end, if the algorithm itself is sound, then we're really just talking about work factor. It's not like Mm. qubits are smarter than bits. It's not like a quantum computer is somehow different in terms of the way logic works. Logic will still work the way logic works. Math will still work the way math works. But we have to start looking at the work factor of our um, cryptographic solutions in terms of, okay, forget about the most powerful supercomputer today. How long would it take a supercomputer of tomorrow based on quantum computing to break this this code? Mm. That's ultimately how, how we prepare mm. for this. But everything that we, we're using, you know, all, all the uh, conventional off-the-shelf open source stuff, you know, stuff that frankly NSA knows how to crack it anyway, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, uh, yeah, it's going to be completely obsolete. Yeah. And, 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 well, these... I mean, there, it even takes a, it even takes an approach where we have to kind of question the conventions of current en- encryption techniques, right? Um, I was reading an article recently that talked about, you know, the future of post quantum. Uh, 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 computing with regards to encryption is going to be like a lattice encryption where you have multiple vectors on a thousand dimension plane that are basically where you start with a public key and a private key. And that in order for you to even begin to even break it, you have to traverse a thousand point or a thousand dimension point vector system to, and and that even quantum computing makes that is incredibly difficult for it to break that. Yeah. So even I mean, the way we're that's my to point. Think, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah that's exactly my point. Think about encrypting is is fundamentally changing for yeah. for better, obviously, because we have to meet this 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 need of having higher encryption standards in the next ten to fifteen twenty years. Because yeah. that's that's really the point. We have to make the math harder. It doesn't, it, 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 we don't have to stop doing what we're doing, but the math cannot be something that a regular computer could eventually get to. We have to start thinking exponentially more complicated. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and that's the thing, because you brought up AES-256, you brought up AES-256, and it's not that it's unbreakable, but it's unbreakable within any uh, 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 relevant period of time that's usable because it still takes millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years for current computers to break that kind of encryption. But with quantum computers, it's a lot faster. So we even have to kind of rethink how we're encrypting, even with our strongest encryption techniques, uh, we have to completely reevaluate. And, you know, I, I'm not, I'm be hundred percent honest with you. I'm not a hundred percent smart on the math front. I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not there hundred percent, but what I do understand is that if you take the current algorithms that we're current, we're using now, those can be easily broken. So we have to come up with something that is exponentially harder to crack. 
And that's, that, there's a couple different techniques. The lattice one is one of them, but yeah, that's what we're having to do now. And I think, and there are people who are, there are researchers, computer scientists that are on the ground right now doing research to come up with that actual, uh, with those techniques and those standards. You know, NIST is, I think NIST is expected to come out with that standard next year. Um, but they may push that back again, just seeing how, how where things are going. But but we're we're coming to, to to terms with it in a real sense. So there's a problem, but we have potential solutions on the horizon. Yeah, we are. It, so is it a crypto apocalypse? Yes, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Is it is it, is it really a crypto yeah. apocalypse in the absolute? And the answer answer is no. It's an apocalypse right. for today's crypto. It's the yes. end yes. of today's crypto. It's the end of the way we do it now. Uh, but it's not the end. It's not the end by right. any stretch of the imagination. It's just the end of the way we do it now. And here's the beauty of it. Just like we always talk about on this show. You have tiers of risk. As quantum computers become commercially viable and they exist, who's going to be able to afford them? A kid in his mama's basement? No. A local gang of cyber criminals? You got to have money. You got to have that money. No. In the beginning, it's going to be nation states that, that have quantum computers, large institutions, and then eventually mm -hmm. major corporations, and then eventually they'll work their way down. As that level of computing power works its way down, uh, the the tiers of, of society, uh, then hopefully the information securing your systems will be working their way up and the two will meet. The, the organizations that need to worry about it are national security institutions, financial institutions, the sorts of institutions that would be at the top of anyone's target right. list. So in other words, let's say China, which, you know, China's uh, having some breakthroughs right now in quantum mm -hmm. computing. Well, if they want to hit, you know, the servers of the U.S. government, uh, well, that, they're going to be the top rung. They're going to be the first uh, threat. So most importantly, the government, you know, the organizations that are protecting national mm -hmm. security interests and that kind of thing, they're going to be the ones that need to respond to the crypto, crypto apocalypse <laughs> more than or faster yeah. than anyone else. For the rest and, of us, and they are, and yeah, they, and are. they oh, Let's oh, be real. believe they me, they are. They're, they're dealing with it. It's yeah, you know, and the NSA and CISA, they've even come out with like quantum computing resistant algorithms. They've already put that stuff out there, and we're still ten years away. So yeah. they're 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 on top of it. They know what they're doing. So there's no reason to panic about this, but it is something to be aware of, and it is something to uh, think about in terms of long term storage of your sensitive information. You're yeah, and that's the, the thing too, right? Is is yeah. is your your account number, your banking account number, may change in the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah, your so. you know your address, your home address, may change in the next ten to fifteen years. But your social security number is definitely not going to change in the next ten to fifteen years, or in most cases, it won't change in the next ten to fifteen years. So there should be a understanding of what type of information is out there, what type of information is going to be long lasting and what type of information is already exposed, even if it hasn't been decrypted yet, because it will be in the future. 
And, and sadly, just, just as a tip, since you bring up Social Security numbers, always proceed as if your Social Security number has been compromised. <laughs> you know, use some sort of uh, credit monitoring tools and other things like that, because more than likely, it already has been. <laughs> more than Mine likely. is. Yeah. <laughs> sad, sad truth. I can, More than I likely, can think multiple government institutions for that. <laughs> well, uh, no, yeah. don't don't get me started on that one. But yes, exactly. <laughs> so the crypto apocalypse is coming, folks. But don't worry about it. It's okay. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's where we're gonna cut it for today's episode. Uh, as always, we super appreciate you guys watching these videos. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel for even more great content that we're putting out every single week. If you like this episode, make sure you drop a like, leave us a comment, and don't forget: stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time. Take care.